0: which teams are the biggest competition for the Baltimore Ravens for the 2023 NFL season. We talk about that and so much more coming up next on Locked on Ravens. You are locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ostreicher of RavensWire. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here with us and tuning in making us your first listen every day or free and available as always all podcasts and platforms including on youtube so you don't miss us anywhere and we're five days a week raven's content here so many ravens news analysis updates we got you covered of course whether you're listening on your way to work on your way from work wherever however you're listening thank you so much whether you're in every day or on this show you listen every day it's your first time in maybe or maybe you're somewhere in the middle there thank you for all the support and be sure to tell a friend or a family member word of mouth is still real in today's world. So be sure to tell somebody if they're a Ravens fan or a fan of an opposing team to check out our show here. Today's episode of Locked on Ravens is brought to you by LinkedIn, LinkedIn jobs. Once so you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, but your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash lockdown on NFL. LinkedIn.com slash lockdown on NFL to post your job for free. So conditions apply. And we return here another episode of this show, 4th of July. So a very happy 4th of July to everybody out there and today we're going to be talking about the Ravens biggest competition now it's kind of an expansion on what we talked about yesterday so if you haven't checked out that show I highly recommend you do that where we talked about if the Ravens have the best roster in the AFC but now we're going to talk about their biggest competition both in the AFC AFC North obviously their division and in the NFL as well then in the second part of the show we'll talk about how their young cornerbacks might fare this year we've talked that I especially have especially talked a lot about this so many people have about Oh, what about the young guys? Because there's not a lot of depth behind Marlon Humphrey and Rakasin. So we'll talk about the young players who could step up, who I expect to have big years. Then we'll talk about coaching differences, how big of a difference the coaching changes could make for the Ravens. We've talked about Todd Munkin a lot, but I want to get more into guys like T. Martin, Greg Lewis, some of those other guys on the staff. So without any further ado, Ravens talk. Let's talk competition here. Baltimore is going to be one of the best teams in the league this year, in my opinion. Now, is that the best team record wise? I don't know. Is that a team that makes the wild card? I don't know. We have a lot to figure out, but I would be, look, I'd be pretty shocked if Baltimore doesn't make the playoffs in all honesty. Now it's not like it's going to be easy. (laughs) You know, nothing is in the NFL and you got to figure out where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, and then figure out where your opponent strengths, where your opponent weaknesses are. And when talking about competition, I mean, we can kind of ex- we can expand every couple minutes. So let's start AFC North. Then we'll branch out to the entire AFC and then we'll go to the NFL. So for the AFC North in particular, we have had this conversation with a couple people, Kajir Ismael and a couple others. It's so interesting to me because the way that the Ravens have built their team and the way that the Ravens played the Bengals two years in a row, I I would say more last year. I think the way they played them last year, I'll throw out two years ago, but what they did last year against Cincinnati in the two games that they were healthy, the Ravens played guys. I wouldn't say they were healthy in the wildcard game, but they played the Bengals, everything they had in the wildcard game. The Bengals had some trouble. I mean, we can talk about the week five game where the Ravens won that game. By the way, Lamar Jackson didn't really have a great game, but Joe Burrow looked mortal I mean he, he he was on a tear that year the Ravens defense was kind of struggling in some certain areas and the way Mike McDonald schemed up for that Bengals game was pretty incredible in my opinion they won on on a Justin Tucker late field goal I pre, you know we talk about script I predicted that script with like 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter I said all right Cincinnati's gonna score and the, the, they're gonna tie the game and then Justin Tucker is gonna go out there and win it and look what happened he did it but then in the wild card game, I don't I don't count the week eighteen game because the Ravens were resting guys and like you know I didn't really I don't count that. But the wild card game, they were a Tyler Huntley fumble away. And if you haven't checked out Q's intro from Friday's show, I recommend you you went in on the AFC North. I highly recommend that. But the Ravens were a Tyler Huntley fumble away from maybe beating the Bengals in Cincinnati. I think the rate. Look, if you talk about biggest competition in the AFC North, I will say it is Cincinnati. I, I'm not naive enough to say that, oh, well, just because the Ravens built the roster a certain way and scheme up a certain way, it, it's Cincinnati's division. They're the biggest competition. I'm not discounting what Pittsburgh and Cleveland can do. Pittsburgh, you can never count out. And Lamar Jackson has historically struggled against that defense. I don't think he's had one good game against that defense in his entire career. He hasn't really played it that often, but has not played well. Cleveland's a team where I, I just have to see it to believe it with them. But I, I mean, The roster looks good. I say every year the roster looks the best it ever has. And I've said that for like five straight years. But we'll see if this is the year for them. But to me, Cincinnati in the the division, at least, is their biggest competition. And that to me is fine because I think Baltimore matches up better with Cincinnati than than some people think. My one concern, though, at least my biggest concern, is the wide receiver versus corner. And we'll talk about this in the second part of the show a little bit. But with teams that have three good, good wide receivers like Chase, Higgins, and Boyd for the Bengals, Marlon Humphrey's great. You know, top five corner in this league is not number five, by the way, and it not might not be number four, three, or two. But to me, it's him, Rocky Hassin, and then who, who else? Jalen Harmer Davis, Pepe Williams, Kyle Blue Kelly, Jayvon Mullen, Nardarius Washington. Like, it's such a question mark to me. And we'll talk about that question mark in a couple minutes in the second part of the show. But that to me is a pretty big concern. Moving to the entire AFC. So we talked about AFC North AFC wise, Kansas City is a defending champion, right? You, you can't discount them. They are somebody who the Ravens are gonna have to probably go through in this conference. Buffalo is someone who I know some people are very high on Buffalo's roster, other people are very low on Buffalo's roster. I'm somewhere in the middle. Buffalo might be going for something, like if if it does not go well in Buffalo this year. Buffalo might be headed for some changes, mainly Stephon Diggs, maybe some others in there. Buffalo has a pretty big year ahead of them, but I still think they're one of the more talented teams in the conference. If you look at the AFC East, I think every team in that conference, you know, Bill Belichick's Patriots, you know, Mac Jones does not strike a ton of fear in me, but the roster is decent around him. And Bell Bill Belichick, you can never count out. The Jets at Aaron Rodgers, their defense is good. They have guys in that room now that I feel like could really make an impact. I mean, Garrett Wilson was incredible. Alan Lazard's an ad there. Brees Hall coming back from an injury. They're, they're going to be solid this year. They're going to be really good. And then Miami's a team. I love what Miami's done over the past couple of seasons. They're going to be really, really good. So, those four, the AFC East is going to be big competition. Let's go AFC West next. Well, okay. AFC South is, pre- I can go through it pretty quickly. I think Jacksonville is the biggest competition they have. They lost to Jacksonville. Jack- Jacksonville snuck up on a lot of people last year. I think they snuck up on Baltimore last year. They snuck up on me. <laughs> I know that much. I wasn't expecting that to be an easy win, but I expected it to be a hit, like a fine win. It was, it was not, it was that weird, like thunderstorm delay. If you remember, it was like a weird thing there, but Trevor Lawrence is the real deal. That roster is the real deal. Doug Peterson turned that team around. I'm really impressed with what they did, but then I like, I don't consider Tennessee a threat. I don't consider Houston a threat. I don't consider Indianapolis a threat. Those are the three teams in the AFC out of 16. I, I think 13 of 16 teams are a threat, maybe 12. If you consider the Raiders a team, like what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo that maybe the Raiders like okay, 12 and a half. I'd say there are 12 and a half threats to Baltimore with the Raiders being a half team. Denver, I think, is gonna have a bounce back year, and the Chargers, I think, are gonna have a bounce back year. Those two teams to me, I like the Chargers roster a lot. I think Denver's roster got better. The defense there with, with Patrick Sertain and, and some of the guys they have, very, very good. But I don't, I think my like to me, the dark horse teams, like competition wise for the Ravens, Miami. The Chargers, those are the two to me that I think are dark horse teams. And I think people expect them to be good this year. I think Miami more so than the Chargers, but I don't know. I feel like there could be big years ahead for those guys. But I think if you're talking about like the top of the top, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, or my, I consider Baltimore part of that big four too. I, I will not lie. I will say Baltimore is part of that big four. No particular order of the big four is Kansas City, Baltimore, Buffalo, Cincinnati. There are a lot of teams though that could challenge baltimore in that afc and then nfl just quickly teams like philadelphia and san francisco were two that i think are the really the ravens biggest competition throughout the nfc i mean if, if we're talking super bowl here i the most the teams i would be more afraid to play than any other team in the nfc would be philadelphia and san francisco baltimore's not gonna be scared of anybody right but i still think that A team like the Eagles could give the Ravens some trouble. San Francisco, I think their roster is incredible, frankly. I mean, the quarterback position, I know there's a little question there. That's the biggest piece of it. But I think they've built really well around whoever it is going to be the quarterback position. Another team that's interesting is, is Seattle. Geno Smith is the wild card there, can he continue with success? But other than that, I mean, there just aren't a lot of teams in the NFC that scare me outside of those two and a half with Seattle being the half team. So I don't know. Baltimore has some competition this year. It's not going to be easy by any stretch, winning the division, getting a good seed in the conference, or going to the Super Bowl and winning against a good NFC team. But we'll see how it plays out. It's it's a very week-to-week day-to-day league. And Baltimore, I think, is at the top of that division, top of the conference, and top of the NFL. So we'll see how it fares for him. But coming up in the second part of the show, Talk about how the young cornerback could fare for the Ravens in 2023. So be sure to stay tuned. Plenty to talk about on the show. But first, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. And these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn's helped me a ton throughout my, my life in terms of what it has done for me, both from getting jobs and even looking and figuring out what could be next. For me and i'm very happy that it has led me to where i have been today and it's super easy to create a free job post on linkedin you can add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring you have simple tools you can use as well like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who'd like to interview and who you would like to hire and it's really important to start that you're strong and the right team member can help you do that That's why small businesses is right lifting jobs number one is different quality hires versus leading competitors Looking jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to you faster. Post your job at brilliance.com slash locked NFL. slash lockdown NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. We are back. Our second segment of locked on Ravens, Kevin Oshryker still here with you talking Ravens football. Let's talk defense. Let's t- let's talk young cornerbacks here. There are a lot of players on this roster right now that, you know, you can say, Oh, who's up and coming. Who's ready to take a step. Ravens, it's not like, oh, well, it'd be great if this guy took a step. Like, it'd be really nice. It'd be a nice bonus. The Ravens need, they, <laughs> I cannot stress this enough, they need, in the way the roster is constructed today, they need a guy or two in that cornerback room to take a step. But It's not, it's not a, oh, well, it'd be really cool. We want this guy to take a step. They need him to take a step, whoever it is. Now, there are some guys who you can look to and say, oh, they there could be potential breakout potential here. Jalen Armour-Davis. Pepe Williams, Ardarius Washington, Kyle Blue Kelly, Trayvon Mullen, or the names that come to mind when you talk about those young players at the position. Now, to me, the guy who I think shows the most promise out of any of those guys, now this one might be a little bit of a surprise to some people, Ardarius Washington. Ardarius Washington is somebody to me who I think should win the slot corner job for the Ravens, has shown a lot in OTAs so far. Minicamp has gotten some really good reviews from media coaches. And I'm really excited to see what he can do. Someone who just a, a tiny bit of background came out of TCU was I had him as a third round guy, third, fourth round prospect went undrafted, was clearly very upset about that. Had it has a chip on his shoulder. Very feisty player is, you know, doesn't have the size to play on the outside, but he doesn't want the size. I, again, I'm someone who, if you don't know this about me, I'm somebody who doesn't necessarily dock for size as much as maybe some others do. I, I say it's, you know, how do you play with your size? How How do you, impact the game in other ways than, Oh, well, I'm just big or I'm just tall. Right. That to me is not a huge, I mean, it is a, some factor, but it's not a huge factor to me. But Washington is a physical player with his size, despite him being under six foot. And a player that I think does have so much potential and the Ravens need a slot guy. <laughs> like they, they just need somebody to play in the slot. You can match up with some of these slot receivers. Now, bigger slot guys could maybe cause them an issue, an issue with two. But at this point, Their option at that position is Ardarius Washington or Pepe Williams. One of those two players. The Ravens have made it clear. John Harbaugh's made it clear that Kyle Hamilton is, you know, while he could still, I'm not saying that he's never going to play there. I don't think John Harbaugh said that either, but they'd like to see him more in a a safety role, roaming around a little bit more. That means he's going to probably play in the slot a little bit, but they probably want to have a guy who can step in and make a really big impact for them in the slot and just be like, Oh, we know this guy's going to be there. You can move Marlon Humphrey there, but in my opinion, that's not a good move because I'd rather have him on the outside. Rocky has seen as an outside corner. I've kind of talked about these lemmas before. So in terms of how young Howard darius Washington could fare as a young cornerback, I think he has a potential to be really, really good this year. And to me, again, bigger slot, Receivers could cause an issue, but I think the way he plays, he's a feisty player. I, I like his potential, and I, I've been on, ever since TCU, I've loved, loved, loved Darius Washington. He like, There's a long line of defensive backs from TCU who've been really good in this league for a little bit, and you know some more success than others, but I think Washington has a has a lot of potential. Came in as a safety, too, so he's a ball hawk, plays around the ball a lot. The second guy I think could have the biggest impact, this is going to surprise people, too. I <laughs> have a lot of shockers here today. Kyle Lou Kelly. Kyle Blue Kelly to me is the player that I think in that corner room could be the third most impactful player or fourth, depending on Darius Washington, if nothing else happens. And, and I do want to say just quickly, this is assuming nothing else happens. This is assuming the Ravens don't bring in another guy and you know they need to rely on some other young players. Kyle Blue Kelly to me is NFL ready. He's a player who played for four years at Stanford. He is someone who is around the ball. Now you know, when you talk about like ball hawk or, oh, you know, super well oriented with the ball, he turns his head around, usually think about interceptions. Blue Kelly had only four of those in college, but had over 20 pass deflections. So he's around the ball. He understands how to just, you know, get the ball out of the receiver's hands any way possible, whether it's a deflection, sometimes an interception too. Interceptions do not tell the whole story. Rocky seen is not a high interception guy, but I still think he's a really solid corner. He plays physical. Kyle Blue Kelly also plays physical. He's one of those guys, and I talked about this when they drafted him. You know, a draft recap, I did that a couple months ago, where he's a player. The Ravens like a certain physical profile in a skill set profile when it comes to their cornerbacks and even defensive backs in general. Kyle Blue Kelly fits that physical guy. And when you talk about like, let's, let's go through the Ravens defensive back backroom right now, Marlon Humphrey, one of the most physical corners in the NFL Rocky has seen a, a former wrestler who suplexes guys on the field. He's, he's physical Kyle Hamilton, really physical Marcus Williams, decidedly physical as well. Kyle B. Kelly's is a physical player, two years of starting experience at Stanford. To me, he's someone who it seems like the Ravens have a very high grade on him, or at least had a very high grade on him. Feels like they got him at a spot where they felt comfortable and felt like they got him a couple rounds later than he should have gone so i think the ravens honestly you know when i talk about the rookies and i said well who else zay flowers is going to be the guy that has the biggest impact from that class this year right you know he's the guy they're going to rely on the most he's going to have the biggest role then i talked about well who's going to be next who's the guy who's going to have the second biggest impact this year from that class and i have been consistent in saying Kyle blue kelly is my pick because Trent Simpson, I feel like they don't want to rush him into anything that they don't want to move him around too, too much. We've seen that fail in Arizona multiple times when you just don't have a specific role for a young player who needs to learn. And it's just too much for him. Even with Baltimore, Brandon Stevens is someone who's been flipped around a lot, even dating back to college and just doesn't have a defined role. And I, th- I think it's hindered his development. I don't think you should hinder the development of a Trent Simpson by moving him around a ton. So. I don't know what his role is going to be this year, whether it's going to be, you know, just sitting behind Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith or playing some outside linebacker, or playing some you know, defensive line, some say he does everything. But to me, I think Kyle Blue Kelly with the way this cornerback room is right now, with Humphrey and Yassine. and then who's it gonna be? I think it could be a guy like a Kyle Blue Kelly who steps in. Now, the guy who I'm predicting to be the third most impactful player in the young guy corner room, if he makes the roster is Trayvon Mullen. Trayvon Mullen is someone who I think a lot of people are sleeping on. I, I liked him a lot coming out of Clemson. Now, didn't really put it together in Las Vegas with the Raiders. And, you know, it's kind of bounced around a little bit. And, you know, we're kind of, oh, who what's what's the real who's the real Trayvon Mullen here? What are we going to see out of him? But I like him a lot there's potential. And I know the, the big storyline was, Oh, he's Lamar Jackson's cousin. He's Lamar Jackson's cousin, but he's a really good football player too. It was not a thing of all oh, family ties, family ties for, for him. So trade my someone who right now he's like borderline, like my 53rd, 54th guy, depending on if the Ravens keep an extra guy here an extra guy there. I, I think he's really, really good though. And then the, the two others, jailer Davis, Pepe Williams. I just think they need more time. Both guys have been banged up. They haven't participated in, in workouts they they just need more time. I just Pepe Williams and Jalen Amber Davis both showed some flashes. I was happy with the flashes. They showed Jalen Amber Davis though, you know, got picked on a little bit. Pepe Williams got picked on a little bit too. If those guys can take a leap, that's awesome, but they're kind of at the bottom of, they might need another year to figure things out. So it's gonna it's gonna be a risk if the ravens go with what they have right now you know i'm not going to say i'm not concerned about it cuz i am <laughs> but we will see what happens if marlon humphrey goes down the room's kind of cooked anyway but i don't know it's an, it's an intriguing thing to think about in terms of wealth they get one or two guys to really step up from their from their crop of young guys i think that there's going to be a lot to lots of like in that room but it's a big if you know they they did not exactly the same thing but kind of the same thing with the wide receivers last year it did not go well it backfired on them so it's a little different when you have marlon humphrey in there but we'll see what happens. Coming up, with the final part of the show. We'll talk coaching differences, how important the coaching staff changes were this offseason, including Todd Munkin, T. Martin, Greg Lewis, and more. So be sure to stay team-planning to talk about it on the show. We're back here, Locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostrich is still here with you. Talking Ravens football, thank you so much for listening to me talk Ravens football here on the show today. If you haven't already, be sure to hit that subscribe button, whether it is in audio form or video form. No money involved. It is free. You don't have to pay a dime here to subscribe. On locked on Ravens, and you know, when talking about things with this team, we can talk about the players all we want to. How's it going to look on the field? Who's going to be catching the balls and and scoring the touchdowns and making the tackles? But coaching, coaching is a huge part of what the NFL is, what sports are, honestly. And you cannot win a championship without good coaching. I mean, maybe you can sneak one in here and there, <laughs> but and we've certainly seen that. But for Baltimore they've gone, they've undergone some coaching changes. And it's something I've talked about where look, two coordinators going in two years on Martindale was last year. Greg Grubin was this year. So at this rate, maybe John Harbaugh's next if things don't work out, unless they want to go the special teams route for some reason, but that that's the conversation for another day. For now, the Ravens did a, a really good job. I think of revamping their coaching staff. I thought every year the Ravens lose some coaches, right? But I think this year it wasn't necessarily oh everybody's leaving the Ravens to go to other opportunities. Some people did, but to me, it was more the Ravens trying to understand how to best maximize their coaches, moving guys around, bringing in others. It felt much more like a not so much a oh well you know we're, we're we have to add new coaches because guys are leaving. We don't have a choice in the matter. And it was more of a let's figure out how we can really do this thing. So it was more of a Ravens decision as opposed to. A, Another coach decision and saying, Oh, well, I'm leaving, you got to replace me. Now, what I like about the coaching staff this year, and I, I've said this the past couple of seasons, it hasn't changed, but it feels like they've moved this year into more veteran coaches where the, it's not necessarily as many experimental guys, where it's guys who have had experience at the NFL level or who have, you know, former players, guys who have been on the stage, whether as a player or as a player and a coach. Now, what I mean by that is, you know, bringing in Greg Lewis, who, you know, wide receivers guy and obviously was a Super Bowl champion with Kansas City as a coach. T. Martin, someone who was already on the staff, but they moved him wide receiver to, to quarterback coach was a more natural position for him, which I think is a lot better for what the Ravens need at this point. Willie Taggart, who has coaching experience, head coaching experience at college football level, he comes in as the running backs coach, a guy like Chuck Smith at the outside linebacker goes position, kind of, it's the it's the, the Keith Williams of the defensive coaching staff, or, you know, has worked with some of the best players and obviously was a former player himself in that regard for him. So I, I like what the Ravens did, and obviously Todd Munkin is, is the biggest one. We've talked about him a lot over the past week or so, course of course, the off season, honestly, but, this whole Ravens staff right now just feels like complete. Like it felt like with every hire they made, there was a calculated decision. Not that there wasn't before, but it just felt like there was a calculated decision of we're going to move this guy around to here. We're going to figure out what the best role for the, like James Urban, for example, who was their quarterbacks coach. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, still on the staff, just in a different role. Craig Vreese, who was with the, the Ravens forever in so many different roles. He's done, you know, so many different. He's worn so many different hats for him. He's somebody who is very respected by the organization. It's just about moving guys around and figuring out, out where the best options for you are and how to get the best out of your young players. For example, T. Martin and Keith Williams, I think, did a pretty decent job last year of getting the best out of some of those wide receivers. I mean, Devin Duvernay had a breakout season, but then it's like, oh, well, what about a James Perche or a Tylen Wallace? You know, can Greg Lewis unlock some of those guys? Is T. Martin better suited at the quarterback position where obviously he played both in college and in the pros? And can he give some of those tips to Lamar Jackson, to Tyler Huntley, to some of those other players? So to me, I think that's a really, really big part of why the Ravens decided to do this and take it, was, it was about it, to me, it was about taking initiative for them, right? They took initiative to I don't know if the word is fixed, the coaching staff, because I don't, you know, I don't think it was necessarily broken. I mean, look, the Greg Roman part of it was absolutely broken, don't get me wrong there. But it was about building the staff. And and I mean, look, it's different because Todd Munkin. On that staff, he wants to have a say in that, obviously, in figuring out what his offensive staff looks like, who fits here, who fits there. Felt like with John Harbaugh, Todd Monk, and the the entire Ravens organization and the decision makers, they understood what they wanted. I think that will benefit the players in the long run and the experience. Because last year, I think they added a lot of up-and-coming guys like Ryan Osborne, who ended up going to to Charlotte University to be their defensive coordinator there at the 49ers. And a guy like a Rob Leonard who left for, I think the Raiders he left for to be their offensive line coach or something along those lines. They were bringing in guys who, you know, had some coaching experience, but I don't think they were the, the names. And I don't think Baltimore is chasing names this off season. I, I literally just think they were chasing experience, chasing guys as I talked about who played, who have coached and who's ready. This, look, this is a win now team and not in the way that they have one year to win and then they have to blow everything up and that's that. They have multiple years to win, but they understand that like this right now, you know, that they've gone through, this is a team that has not won a home playoff game since they went to the AFC championship game in, in 2012, 2013. It's not a team that's been to the AFC championship game since they went there in 2012, 2013. They have won two playoff games since 2012, 2013. This is a team that has been a good regular season one. And then the playoffs, it just, you know, they have, haven't made it, which is more of a rarity, but it's just, it's been wild card exits, divisional exits. This is a team that needs to get their guys up to speed now. It's, it's a team that, you know, with some of the younger, like middle players on the roster, you, you want to get as much coaching experience into those guys as you can, as much NFL knowledge into those guys as you can, So to me, it's a team that, you know, it's, it's a huge year for him. Like if there's another failure and to me, I'll I'll do my mini like speech about how complacency to me in the NFL is just something that doesn't work for me because what we've seen is we saw some growth for the Ravens from, you know, 2018 to 2021 essentially. And then it stopped it in offensively, I think it stopped in 2020 when after the Ravens had Lamar's MVP season, they go 14 and two that growth stopped. So some things just have to have to change for the better. I think the coaching staff has changed for the better. And to me, it makes me feel a lot better that they're bringing in guys with that experience. I'm not saying younger coaches couldn't do that. Young up and coming guys couldn't do that. But I just think for what the Ravens have right now with this roster, some of the, you know, not like 30-year-old vets, but not like 21-year-olds either. Some of those 24, 25, 26-year-old guys who are good players, but you want to continue to let them grow at at a rapid pace. You want to get these guys developed as fast as possible. Experience to me, experienced coaches at least to me, is what I think locked those guys the fastest. So, I don't know. I think Todd Monk is the biggest fish here, though. I mean, I talked about T. Martin and, and all these guys, but Todd Monk is the one. That when you're talking about the offensive unit in particular, I mean, Mike McDonald, when, you know, when we're talking about like young up and coming guys, Mike McDonald is that. But assistant wise, the Ravens went with an experienced guy in Todd Munkin, experienced guys all across the board for the most part. And that to me is kind of like, oh, well, now you're pretty balanced out, right? Young guy in Mike McDonald, older veteran coach in Todd Munkin. It's a solid balance offensively defensively. I'm not saying one is right or wrong, but I just think for the way the Ravens can the Ravens roster is constructed right now, it is the perfect balance. It's the it's the like, oh, everything is perfectly balanced out. I, I think it is. I think Baltimore hit a home run this offseason with their coaching staff. I'm very excited to see it take full shape over the next, maybe even like the full year here. We'll see who stays, who goes. But I'm telling you, this is a big year for the Ravens. And if if it's another failure, could be the end for John Harbaugh. I don't know if it will be, but both coordinators have been fired in in two years. You know, again, Mike McDonald comes in last year. Todd Munkin comes in this year. Are you going to fire Chris Horton as a special teams guy? I think John Harbaugh is a really good coach, but at some point you got to just say, look, it's not working out anymore. And you know, there needs to be, more than just a great regular season team there. I think Baltimore's taking a step towards that, both with their moves from a player perspective, but also a coaching perspective as well. Well, that's all I have you here today on Locked On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning into our show today. Be sure to, again, subscribe, follow along in audio form, tell a friend, tell a family member, get the word out there. I really appreciate whether you listen every day or if it's the first time or if it's somewhere in the middle as well. And we'll get back here tomorrow for Ravens content on this 4th of July week. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked On Ravens.